Okay, we we can cut this, but I, it just occurred to me. I wanted to ask you, what's the weather like today in Chicago, and what's it going to be like tomorrow in Chicago? Um, today was yesterday rained and was kind of warm, and then today was like kind of cold, and there were like there's there was snows in the air, but like it wasn't snowing, but there was like little snows. Oh, that's the best though. It was kind of cold though, and then tomorrow mm. is going to be a Eh. kind of cold high of 25 okay so today yesterday in new york yeah it was rainy and miserable sure today in new york it was 60 degrees and sunny oh tomorrow in new york there's going to be up to a foot of snow oh my god yes (laughs) i love that i hate it that feels very chicago okay but what the hell do you wear what do you do? Yeah, it's awful. What the thing is is like the clothes are kind of its own weird thing cuz you like think you're going to wear something and then it's like, "Oh, that's not appropriate for today." But what really gets me is like I feel weather changes now like like in my sinuses and like in my mm, joints. Everyone's sick. <laughs> yeah. So like that's my thing. It's like when the weather does that, like I know I'm going to be sick cuz I just mm-hmm. like I can't handle it. Oh, that the severe. office is disgusting. Yeah. Um, also, like a week ago, like the strangest weather phenomenon, it snowed all day, okay? Like just, just whatever the snow equivalent to snowing, to raining buckets is. Right. Snowing. It snowed. It snowed cats and dogs. It just snowed the whole day. And everyone stayed inside because it was like, um, yeah, not going out into that garbage. Um, and I don't have boots, so I was like stressing the whole day. Not stressing, but the whole day in the back of my mind, I was like, this is going to be a thing. I walked outside. Nothing had stuck. Nothing. Damn. It was like it was like there had been no weather at all that day. That's impressive. I'm sure Very. it's just the cycle of the earth, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> the earth's it's just all like it's like working some shit out. It like doesn't know how it's feeling. It's going through some shit, but I'm sure it'll bounce back on its own. Yeah. I I wouldn't put any time or energy into fixing it. No, I have complete faith in uh, the system just working <laughs> itself out. <laughs> oh my goodness! But also, I was thinking about it today. Like, I don't recycle, and uh, I don't I don't feel bad about that because at this point, like throwing out my plastic bottle is not is not the problem like we're not like those little things right now are not gonna change anything we're way beyond that point wow (laughs) (laughs) do you disagree no oh okay here's the deal i my building does not recycle and it like it really pisses me off but Mm -hmm. so like i try doing it but like i don't have a lot of room for like an extra like bin so like hang a bag on my door and try and recycle cans and it just felt annoying so i haven't been good about it lately but i do feel like incredibly guilty but oh, so i have n- i have zero guilt but here's the thing they're like i went to college in northern california where on campus and like downtown there were always like three bins like we did mm-hmm. landfill compost recycling everywhere so like mm. i used to be i used to know where all that shit went 
I used to feel so good about it. I'm like, yeah, compost. Like, look at me. I like the idea of compost. I just never. Do you have um, Do you have single stream though? What is? So New York City does not have what's called single stream recycling. Upstate and other places they do, where you have one bin where you put your cans, your paper, your glass, your what have yous, anything that's recyclable. It all goes to wherever recyclables go and somebody else figures that shit out but here we have a bucket for this and a bucket for that and another bucket for this and another bucket for that and that's a lot of that's very complicated yeah well and if you fuck up like your bucket like are you done like is the whole thing garbage at that point it, it it can't be right that they I'd be that really because we don't have because we don't have someone <laughs> it, it, it's not like we don't have someone on that end who's going to be sorting as well you know what i mean i hope yeah because yeah, that would what if be they really, just really trust us i mean the type of people who recycle are, are trustworthy maybe <laughs> that's an interesting statement and maybe a fair one i don't know it's weird it's weird but i'm like yeah if you recycle i just assume that you like have like certain probably, morals <laughs> i mean like like i i don't know this for a certain but like serial killers don't recycle oh i'm right? sure they do not it just doesn't seem like serial killer uh, activity. Um, I think I told you that my work recently kind of like moved into a new building, and mm-hmm, our mm-hmm. Uh, our new building does not uh, recycle. Like, if you throw things in the recycle bin in the office, like it just goes in the garbage. Mm-hmm. So my boss has decided that he is like the recycling man of our office, and he goes every day and puts it into the shredder, which gets recycled. I'm like, that's so nice. And a that's little great. extra work. And he's like, I'm just doing my part. And I'm like, yeah, good for you. We so have nice. we have a ton of bins at work. And I, <laughs> I I can't I can't be bothered. But like, okay, so like K cups? What is that? <laughs> I don't know, you got like foil and plastic. That this is this is what I think. I think that packaging should be clearly labeled with where it should be thrown away. You know what? That started off as a bit, but that ended serious. I think that's a really good idea. No, it should be very, like, it should be, like, hieroglyphic, though. Like, it should just be, like, right. this symbol goes in this symboled bin. Like, very, like, we should standardize garbage and recycling. Yes, we should. Yeah. Sorry, this is a tangent, but I don't know why this just hit me. Does Chicago have this new sodium symbol at restaurants? I... I have no idea. I'm a, New York City. I'll Goog- has, I'm going to Google it while you're talking about it. New York City has a sodium symbol. It's a triangle with a salt shaker in the middle. middle. <laughs> um, and it started popping up everywhere. And I was just like, okay, like high in salt content, probably whatever. Um, for example, Chipotle has one on the side of every single menu item. So I was just like, okay, yeah, they got salty food, like whatever. Um, that symbol means that that item has more sodium than your daily allowance of sodium. Oh, so no. you can't purchase anything at Chipotle. Not a single item on their menu doesn't come with a salt shaker Wait, next to it. Wait, I'm going to show you this. Is it, can you see that? Is that yep, what? That's it. it. It's oh, like my a, God. It's like the equivalent of a skull and crossbones, but it's, it's uh, like for a, salt. Okay, and so if it's that, so it's a black triangle with a salt shaker in the middle. So if that is next to an item, that has more salt than you need for the day. For the entire day. Oh, my God. And I'm seeing it <laughs> everywhere now. Oh, I'm it's, sure. 
It's everywhere. But Damn. Chipotle especially, I like I honestly don't think I'm ever going back. Besides the fact that every time I go I feel like I'm getting E. coli, like I'm yeah. also salting my liver. Damn. That's good. I'm I'm nervous from that hits, but that's probably It's on its way. We're well it's maybe it's a war on sodium. That's the next like demonized uh aspect of food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's about time. Yeah. Man, oh man! All right. Yeah. We should talk. We should talk about the documentary. It's we been should. eight minutes and twenty seconds. And we've talked about uh, sodium, sodium and recycling. And recycling. But s- recycling really s- does seem to be a broken. Don't s- no. don't try. Uh, don't try to make this into a smooth segue. Actually, my friend texted me because she did email us about our uh, our segue. What? I know. I check that email every day. How is it possible that I missed one? Yeah. So no, shout- no. You know what it is? It. Uh, let me rephrase that. So many people are emailing. It's not surprising that I would let one fall through the cracks. So we got a. We got one, We every week we read off uh, some of our listener emails. As long. <laughs> it's a new segment. No, I mean as it's long time listeners popular. will know, we've been doing this for months. <laughs> <laughs> where we read off we we pick we pick one of the many emails we get um last week you'll remember we read off google's new sign in from safari on mac email <laughs> this week our list our, our listener email comes from uh katie uh in from chicago maybe um, yeah i mean she doesn't say um she's she's my homegirl so don't katie katie says yeah Without so there's let's start with this. There's no there's no salutation. <laughs> there's no dear Emily. There's no hey Jason. Just jumps right into the email. That's how you. You're being really sensitive already. <clears throat> I feel like I'm taken from one thought to another before I'm ready, and without the emotional gravitas that both thoughts deserve. Good day, Katie. Okay. All right. <laughs> What's the subject? Because she said that she spelled segue wrong on purpose. Yeah, well, she said your use of segues. All right, I'll respond. Yeah! Dearest Katie. Jason, this bit is already a bad segment. Fine, I, w- we should, I won't respond. We should I not. Should, I should, we should. Yeah? What? No, I, you're right. I should, I, should, I should cool my jets a little bit. Everything's fine. Here's a, I, think here's that, a, I think the fact that we're not smooth is part of our new signature style, to be honest. Here's, a, here's, another, uh, here's another listener email from verify at twitter.com. We noticed a recent login for your account at Postdoc Podcast from a device location in South Dakota. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, that's, that might be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, should we reset our password? I don't know. Who logged in from South Dakota? I I literally was like, well, I'm sure one of us was there, but like, n- no. <laughs> I will never and have never. We've been hacked. Okay, one from Manhattan. Which That's brings probably it- me. Oh. Jason, you keep missing these segue opportunities. Shit, sorry. We've been hacked. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I can't believe we got hacked. Okay, we did not get hacked. Who do you know from South Dakota? Maybe someone from Anonymous lives there, and they were just like, you guys cool? The internet is not perfect. 
No, the internet's not perfect, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Your face when you just realized it was a segue. No, now it's just my mission. Every time you say anything, I'm like, okay. What did you think of that, Katie? Was that smooth enough for you? Did that have the emotional gravitas you needed? I want... No, but let's listen to our listeners. If you guys are okay with this, we're going to start talking about what we talked about this week, which is what we watched. So what? Now we have to wait for them to respond? We have to put out a Twitter poll? Like, is it okay for us to move on? Is it okay to start? If if this was live, I'd say yeah. (laughs) So anyway, just so you all know, we're going to stop dicking around, and we are going to, to... to dive right on in to hypernormalization spelled with an S. Oh, because it's British. Hell yeah, it's British. That, that was the first thing I noticed. So I was funny. like, I love I the spelling of this word. I didn't catch that at all. Yeah, if you spell it with a Z, I don't know what you're going to end up with. And probably porn. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, porn. Our, our good friend and friend of the podcast, uh, first-time listener, long-time caller, Ryan Kenny. Uh, recommended we we watch this documentary Hypernormalization. Uh, it was available in its entirety on YouTube. Um, uh, let's get the let's get the elephant out of the room. Um, it's a it's a long documentary. Yeah, Ryan, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we we agreed to this before we looked into the details. It's a two and a two hours and forty five minutes. Yeah, it's just shy of the three mark. Um, yeah. And okay, I guess my first thing I'd like to I'd like to say about it, I feel like he didn't use his time particularly particularly well. Okay, talk about scattered thoughts. Yeah, am I right though? Like, here's here's my thing. So the documentary, God, I don't even know how to summarize what it's about. Well, actually, if you <laughs> if you don't want to watch the whole documentary, you can only watch the first thirty minutes or even thirty seconds because he literally explains. He's like, in this documentary, I'm going to argue, gives you his argument, and then it's like, okay, moving on. It's like, well, now I don't have to watch any of it because you started your essay with your your full thesis. So basically, okay, let's try to do this. Succinctly, right. you go. I'll try, and then you'll fill yeah, in the blanks. give it a shot. Uh, Adam Curtis, who mm-hmm. is the documentarian and also narrator, his argument is that... Um, in the face of a complex world, a complex society with a lot of um, different forces constantly at play, world leaders, politicians, financiers, etc., choose to present a false reality that is far simpler um, to make it, to give themselves more power and to make it easier on the ignorant public. Yeah. And I think he's right. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do too. So the thing is, is like, so that's the thesis statement. And this documentary, I think, depicts events and tries to put together this, like, case for that from, like, 1975 till today. Right. In both both America and a lot of... uh, UK and a, and a lot of uh, Middle East, so it's just it's just a lot. <laughs> it's a it's a lot, but it's interesting too because it's like so. My biggest gripe with this documentary is, well, I have a lot of gripes with this documentary. I was gonna say but, I got but, some things. To but say. one of my biggest gripes, right, is that like it goes way in detail on certain things, 
so that you feel like, oh, we're going way in detail on the history from 1975 till today. But he skips so much to make his point make sense narratively, right? We skip yeah. at least three presidents, um, by my count, uh, maybe yeah. four. Um, we skip huge chunks of time, but also, like, we don't talk about huge, very important parts of the world at all. Yeah. No, it was... He, the way that I felt like this was going... See, I like watching things that are, are some sort of, like, a narrative. Mm-hmm. And even if it was a narrative about a conspiracy theory or whatever, I'm good with it. But this was, like, so intensely building a case. And I was like, okay. I, okay. Right. <laughs> like, I get it. But also, it's so... It just jumped around too much for me to even be able to, like remember the key players I was supposed Mm -hmm. to pay attention to. Well, and also, so Um, I think a good example of that, I think this whole documentary could have been a Adam Curtis's perspective story about uh, Muammar Gaddafi. Um, Yeah, because that was the part that was super interesting to me. And that was the narrative. Pretty much, yeah. So basically his argument, I, I don't know honestly enough about history to agree or disagree with him, is that... Uh, uh, Libyan President Gaddafi um, was basically created by Reagan as uh, a dictator that he wasn't. Gaddafi kind of took that and was like, yeah, this gives me more power to be this evil guy and kind of took it and ran with it. And then America and the UK used Gaddafi throughout the rest of his life like as a political prop and like used him to be the good guy when they wanted him to be the good guy and the bad guy when they wanted him to be the bad guy. And that was cool. It was cool. And I also want to point out that uh, young Gaddafi uh, looks very much like, oh, what, John Hamm. <laughs> That's funny. No, it's I've, no, it's so true. See, though. and I think that old Gaddafi kind of looks like uh, a birthday clown who just took the makeup off. <laughs> yeah, that's the same. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what I thought he looked like. Um but I thought that, like, I, th- I think you're right. Like, that was a cool story, but instead we, like, mucked it up with all this other stuff. I'm like, why why do we spend so long talking about the internet? Yeah. I also wonder if because we were younger when, like, 9-11 and all of that stuff happens, like, if we were maybe in our, like, 30s, if we would maybe grasp everything a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I was actually getting educated on a lot of what was actually happening worldwide during that time that I just didn't get when I was, like, you know, nine, ten years old. But he also, I I was very has resistant because he didn't, I didn't feel like he ever established himself as trustworthy. And I don't know how a documentary does that. Who didn't, who's not? Adam Curtis. I felt like, like, he was educating us but i never maybe it was the format so it was this very jarring um uh schizophrenic i know that's not the pc term probably but this very jarring and like constantly shifting uh format so maybe that was part of it it also it also though i agreed with a lot of it it had like a propaganda Mm -hmm. kind of feel to it though um because it was very, I don't know, the one the one moment that made me 
feel weird about it was when they were panning through all of the movies of people watching things exploding. Yeah. And they were like, all of these movies happened before 2001. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, sure, that's fine. And, but, like, but it was also... very, like, making this point about all of these people thinking the world will end. I'm like, but it's like, everyone's, first of all, everyone's always thought the world will end. Um, exactly. But there was also so many instances where I was watching it, and, like, I speak out loud sometimes when I'm watching documentaries, where I said out loud, like, how he was p- cherry-picking his his information to make his case. The biggest one and, like, sure. the most illustrative, I think, was the UFO thing. So he – so the claim is – and I so much don't believe this – but the claim is that there was a spike in UFO sightings in the 90s, um, and these UFO sightings – were actually the United States um, testing uh, military weapons and that the United States, um, rather than deal with sightings of these military weapons, uh, sent out propaganda to make people believe that what they were actually seeing were UFOs. Um, And so they created a cover-up of a UFO Thing within the U.S. government. Did that? Did I explain that well? I don't. Can you go into which part of that you have the biggest problem? Oh well, because it's horseshit. Because <laughs> no. <laughs> because well, there's a lot of problems with it. From what? From what angle? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so the idea that the United States government would be testing military weapons and had to do it in in plain sight makes no sense to me. Right? The United States has has tested governments in the middle of no place and in foreign countries for forever, and we've known about it. Why would they suddenly decide, oh, we have to test these military things in the public view? In the city. In the city. Like, that alone makes zero sense to me. But on top of that, the idea that in the 90s there was a – or in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a sudden spike in UFO sightings – goes along with the spike in UFO sightings that have happened at other times of – um, fear of foreign invasion in the uh, 20s there was uh, I mean in the 50s there's a huge spike in UFO literature because people were afraid of um, foreign espionage and communists so like and and in the 80s and 90s Cold War era fear of Soviets and then fear of terrorists like fear of UFOs spike makes perfect sense to me like I don't yeah and then the biggest problem I had not the biggest problem but and then and then to illustrate it all he used iPhone footage there were it was very clearly shot on an iPhone like it could have been from a commercial straight up okay at the beginning of this segment when they're talking about the UFOs I didn't know what the fuck was going on for a good two minutes I'm like what is this because I it was such bad footage and it literally just looked like a light to me. I was like, someone could be falling a plane. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be literally anything. And it took me a minute because they were, I don't know, I feel like they were dancing around calling it a UFO for a couple minutes. And I was like, I don't know what the point of this is. But I guess. <laughs> because it just is so shady looking. No, but my point is not that, it, I mean, yeah, like the, the footage was horrible, but using iPhone footage to illustrate that there were UFOs in the early 90s does not make any sense. You like what you just showed me is that people still saw UFOs in 2009 after the iPhone was invented. Like you're like it doesn't uh, That was very it was very frustrating. 
I know. Um, you look like you just got a lot of shit out, though. Thank you. You look you look a lot can better. I, can I... My other biggest gripe? Another biggest gripe? Yeah. Like, very low-key anti-Semitic the whole time. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, in, in some ways, not so low-key a way. So this documentary starts off with 30 minutes, approximately, about how these shady... Um, fiscal types in New York City uh, figured out they could control the whole world. So we start with that little bit of dog whistling and then go into the next 30 minutes all about how Israel controls the whole world. And like this whole movie takes place in a world where Israel is the center of everything and then or the uh, the financial uh, corporations are the center of everything. Which I don't think either are necessarily the center of anything, but it's interesting to see that this this narrator chose those two things to be the only centers of this quote unquote narrative. Um, and maybe I'm hypersensitive to that recently, but like, I wasn't I wasn't feeling that. I, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, I I hadn't I hadn't thought about that i also watched this super fragmented so i don't know if i was putting it all together but you can't so that's an interesting point but even still okay this is the thing i want to discuss because i think we can have a discussion about it okay and we'll edit all of this and it'll be smooth and katie won't have any problems with it jason it's gonna be great here's here's what i want to discuss what do you think how do you think do you think that a documentary is the appropriate way to handle this kind of issue of like the entire world is fake and everything you know is wrong? Um, no, I don't think it's I don't think it's weird or wrong. I think I think the point of this was a good point. And I think like what they were going for was very interesting. I think this could have been presented so much better to, like, educate people along the way to draw their own conclusions by the end. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think this could have been a really solid docuseries. Mm -hmm. Like, this could have been done in five parts, and, like, each part could have really focused on, like, like exactly, like, what happened um, in each of these phases to make a point maybe by the end but even if like the last episode is garbage like at least there's like all of this stuff you've learned along the way right. that you can think about so and i think today's in i think in today's age i think people are watching this kind of stuff yeah like people love conspiracy theory yeah. stuff it's fun to dive into it so i'm i was good with it i just thought it could have been a little bit better because i guess my thing was like how are you going to tell me that the whole world is super complex and oversimplified and then oversimplify it when you explain that to me? What, what's the, what do we do when we have pledged to watch a hundred documentaries in a hundred weeks and one of them disappoints? I think this is my least favorite documentary we've watched. Um, this is definitely what there was one other one I really hated, <laughs> but this one's definitely it was hard to watch, uh, and it wasn't. 
And and I'll I'll say it wasn't the avant gardeness that bothered me. Because it was very avant garde and kind of cool. It was. The ending though was I actually want to talk about the ending. Hit me with it. Segue right into it. Um, Sound I'm going to go right Katie, into did it. You like that? Yes. Um, also sorry this podcast is as fragmented as the documentary. So <laughs> Um, There's no way. But anyway, go. So the ending, I thought it was very reminiscent to me of like, do you remember when 9/11 happened and we like everyone was singing like this land is your land, and like God bless the USA was just like always playing. Yes. So it was like super odd to me that they present this like crazy theory about how like the 1970s, the banks and the Middle East like took over the world. Um, and they end it with all of these, like, really powerful images of, like, just crap happening, and they're singing, like, this super country song, and it wasn't even patriotic, it was just, like, country as hell, and it was super weird, and it felt like propaganda. Yeah. Like, really, like, that's really the vibe I got from this whole thing, like, the most of the time. Like... It was very propaganda. And I don't disagree with a lot of what it was saying or trying to say. I thought it was interesting. Um, like, But it was presented weird, and it felt, like, not trustworthy. It was almost... It was, it's almost the kind of thing where it's, like, when someone is telling you exactly what to think, um, even if, you know, they're telling you the truth or they're telling you... Um, yeah, if they're telling you the truth, like for me anyway, like I have resistance to believing them um, because there's no wiggle room. And that's horrible to say, but yeah. Um, and maybe it's part of their point. Um, right? Nay, okay. So say, but say like one part of the documentary that you thought was like cool, noteworthy. Maybe something you didn't know or... Okay, well, so... Something that changed your life. So definitely one thing I think that I enjoyed about this documentary was the way it was, uh, like, it was solely found footage. Um, And even though, as I've already said, like, there were problems, I thought, with going that route. For example, using iPhone footage to depict UFO sightings in the 80s. um, (laughs) I thought that that was definitely something we hadn't seen before and it also it made the whole thing sort of it gave the whole thing a like mtv music video vibe um which was kind of cool and different um and made it stand out um and i also just think like in terms of everyone i you know this is the first of dozens of how did trump get elected documentaries that are gonna be oh my god that that i'm probably gonna watch um and I think this offered a reasonable explanation for how Trump got elected. Um, yeah, but I, I, I and you know I just think it I think it oversimplifies some things. For, I mean, if nothing else, I felt like Trump was way too centered in this documentary. That's funny because like I felt. I felt like they were tiptoeing around the point of, like, if they were going to talk about him or not. Like, I felt like they added him in at the yeah. end when they when he got elected. But no, they didn't. Because... This is October 2016. 
Yeah, but like, or even just added it in when they saw like he was seriously yeah. like standing a it chance. It felt like that. His, his storyline uh, is weird. It, it's part of this fragmented thing. Like they'll talk about Trump for a minute, and then they'll talk about something else for like forty minutes, and then you'll see like Trump like doing something stupid for a minute, and then it's off of him. So well, and some of it was so forced. Um, there was the Trump casino story, which had absolutely no connection to um, anything we were talking about. Hello. Yeah, I was like, why did we bring that up? Like, other than it made him go bankrupt or whatever. Like, But, I mean, it, it literally had nothing to do with the rest of the argument. Yeah. I, I really liked the first... I don't know, the part where they were talking about, like, the banks, like, the move that the banks made in the 1970s of kind of, like, taking power from the city and how, like, the structure of the city kind of changed because of that. Mm -hmm. Like, that was something I had never really learned about. Um, So that was cool. Because, like, I was definitely on board, I think, for the first, like, 40 minutes. Like, because it just kind of felt, like, informative about something I just didn't know. And I think that was the part where it was... In terms of, like, that was a base reality that was, like, very understandable and believable. Yeah, it wasn't, like, a far-fetched thing. It was just, like, this is what happened. And they had really, and they had legit footage of, <laughs> I'm watching a plane fly, and I'm like, a UFO. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it literally caught Oh, wait, can I, can I, this is, I'm sorry, this is so fragmented, but yesterday, or maybe the day before, Teresa and I were walking, and it was nighttime, and there was a little boy on the sidewalk and he he shouted out look mom it's a star it's a star and he was so excited um because in new york we don't see stars ever and it was the saddest thing and i was so sad that he was so excited about seeing a star and then i turned around and it was a helicopter (laughs) oh this poor city kid he has no no clue he has no clue that the banks are running everything but like no, especially in New York. Um, yeah, I, I really, I really appreciated the footage of um, like the bond um, meeting that was supposed to happen with the with the banks. That was really yeah. cool and like, like you said, very specific. I was thinking about the fact that like we don't learn about this in school, but we also like don't learn about anything that's at all modern in school. Um, yeah. In high school, up you know anyway, because like I think partly because there's a fear that like modern history is like more political like since we're less removed from it yeah um oh that's interesting i didn't even think about that well that's what i was thinking right because it's like people don't have a political stake as much in like john adams's positions as they do in reagan's positions but even thinking about 9-11 stuff and like misinformation leading us to go to war in in places that we didn't need to go like when we were when it was happening that was a weird conversation to have because it was still like well which side of the aisle are you on and who do you believe and now it's just like there it's just a fact yeah that's an that's an interesting point we can yeah and we can talk about it now as a fact yeah and every like this is how that for for i guess it's probably not agreed for everyone but like at least at the political level it's like you should not have supported the iraq war um yeah like and and high level politicians that voted for it aren't even now are just like yeah that was that was shady like that was which that and that was not that long ago that's a really good point um i also wanted to say i was surprised by the choice of where the movie starts in 1975 because 
not knowing that much about history, if I was going to make a documentary about politicians lying and distrust in politicians, I would have started with Nixon and Watergate. Um, right. Which was like not that far ahead of 1975. Um, yeah. So I was, I felt like that was a pretty big omission and I kind of wondered why other than that like it was obvious um but I mean it was an obvious choice yeah but it seems like it could have been mentioned (laughs) so yeah at least at least as a nice uh gentle Mm lead-in if you will to the uh almost like I hear something you already know (laughs) yeah (laughs) no I think that's a good point gentle lead-in yeah no, I agree with that. I I don't know. It's it's hard to have like a really solid anything about it because my head is kind of just still swimming with how much happened <laughs> in this documentary. Yeah. Well, and like it's hard to it's hard to really focus. I guess I'm disillusioned enough that I already before watching this documentary that I there, that I didn't need a three hour documentary to tell me that politicians lie. Um. Yeah. Or that we live in some sort of, like, world that is simplified. Yeah. I didn't... Like, I know I know the system's broke. Right. <laughs> we we already knew the system was broke. If you didn't know that the system's broken... This is a documentary you should watch. This is a documentary for you, because it'll show you that it's probably broken. I have been thinking a hell of a lot, though, about... Um, at, at, towards the end of the movie, he, he talks a lot about um, Putin and his... Um, his right-hand man, I forget his name. I wish I knew his name because I'm going to look up more about him, but who used to be in theater and how he turned politics in Russia into a piece of theater rather than than, than political. Um, and his whole point was to keep people confused and to keep things destabilized. Um, and that was something I had never heard spelled out that way before, um, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense and it's and it's once it's said out loud, like I can see it everywhere, and that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess is my point. Very good. Well, I'm I'm proud of us for each finding something that we enjoyed or learned. I'm proud. Yeah. No. And that's a, maybe that's that. Thank you for doing that because that's what needs to happen. Yeah, it wasn't a fruitless watching. Still gained something from it, but. It's okay. We're gonna watch. We're gonna watch. What week are we on? This, my my good friend, uh, is week eighteen. Damn, we have so many more to watch that are gonna be crazy. It, they could be worse <laughs> than this. You know what? I give up. That's yeah. it. <laughs> no, if if you uh if you want to watch something like this that's even more uh crazy, watch Dark Legacy. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's, uh, it's just as fragmented, only more far reaching. Um, but if that's your style, then good I think you. at some point we should watch a Michael Moore documentary because it's sort of, oh, it yeah. sort of felt like Michael Moore on acid, um, where it was like super trippy and strange, but very propaganda-y. Um, yeah. And not that I am a particular Michael Moore fan, um, but he's definitely... Uh, one of a few documentary auteurs we got in the 21st century um, and 20th century. So, yeah, yeah. 
So what are we watching next week? Just lay it on me. Next week we're going lighter, uh, still New York centric a bit, but we're gonna do Man on a Wire. <laughs> Ooh, um, Man on Wire. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, it is just Man on Wire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is about it's, it's, it's on about Netflix. a man on a wire. On a wire, yeah. but yeah, Man on Wire. Um, it's about this French man who, uh, is a tightrope walker and he escalates his goals and his goal one day is to walk across the twin towers in the big apple. <laughs> the big uh, city. <laughs> in the big city. So, uh, yeah, we've seen this one before. We both really like it. Uh, it's going to be fun, fun to revisit. That's, I'm excited. That's, that's yeah. a real favorite of mine. Yeah. Um, Do you have a uh, a strong quote? Well, yeah. But first, if you loved the, our segues, then you should uh, <laughs> then you should f- subscribe on iTunes. You can also I don't like when people say this, but you can rate and review, um, if you want. Uh, but only if it's yeah. Good. I was just about We're to say so like don't <laughs> don't be saying mean things uh you can also email us we read out the weekly email every week on the podcast uh we're postdoc at uh postdoc podcast at gmail.com also if you ask for the password we'll probably give it to you um twitter at hashtag Sean Spicer. yeah twitter at postdoc podcast um uh facebook at postdoc podcast uh venmo at postdoc podcast it's public um thanks so much for all your support and your loving kindness um we're gonna go out on a uh on a great quote here from star of the 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 documentary vladimir putin he said well this is what he said can't believe can't believe he said it i was surprised when i read it the first time he said um terrorism has no podcasts or documentaries. What is the what is the actual quote? That's the actual quote it's on brandyquote.com. No, it's a terrorism has no nationality or religion. That's what he said. There's a lot of there's a lot of talk about terrorism in this documentary. So that's so that's what he said. Have a good uh, have a good rest of your evening. <laughs>